first impressions on the master of technology, Mr. Cairo Prontix. That's the name that uh, Sotva named him. That's how I first met Cairo Foster, was Sotva naming him Cairo Prontix. And then he showed me the footage of him. I think it's a nolly hard flip over the block at uh, the spot. Uh, my first impression of him is actually going skating with him and taking him to China Banks and doing a 50-50 for him up on the top of the of the tops. I'm pretty sure it was on a dandra hole with colored wheels. Sotfa, let me see the footy, dude. I know you got it somewhere. You stashed all that shit. But the look in Cairo's eyes was he's got mad props for skateboarding. It didn't matter what you did. He's Mr. Tech Dog, but he respected that Narnar too. So shout out. Uh, nice to hear you on the show, Mr. Cairo Prontix. This is Talking Schmidt, and I'm Cairo Foster, and I am super excited to talk with you, Greg. Hey, 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 Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever gonna do. I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean, bro? Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. All big dogs in. What do you think, Dolan? John, Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are Yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? Yes, we are. Wi-Fi check one. Wi-Fi check two. So wait, are you in the same city as uh, Danny Boy and the Outsiders Museum? Yeah. Holy shit! Because I th- he, I did an episode with him from there, and uh, he told me about how he bought the place and he turned it into this whole thing and. It's pretty insane. They got like the drive-in theater and all the little locations from that movie in that zone. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tulsa's, as with the majority of cities that just happen to not be on the west or the east coast, it's a Tulsa's a city. It has a lot of rad stuff and some rad things and bad things have happened here. And uh, if you're an Outsiders fan, like I was speaking with Joe Brooke probably last year, and I had mentioned it, and he's like, wait, really out there? I'm like, yeah, all this stuff's here. And then uh, CU Trend just did a bike trip from California up to Chicago because Route 66 runs through here. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of desire and energy and money that's going towards like evolving this town. And it's got a cool skate scene and everything. Um, Raymond Dead is not here anymore. He's in Wichita apparently. Okay. Bummer because it'd be cool to see Pete. It's uh, ever since I lived with Louis Barletta, Louis would always say like, San Jose is 10th largest city in the U.S. Did you know that? And I'm like, I never knew that. And so like, interestingly enough, I like wanted to see where Tulsa is. And I think it's 49th in population, which, I mean, it's a small city. Uh-huh. Five o'clock after work and on the weekends, um, it is ghost town in downtown, which is cool for skating and rolling around and, you have space, but you're in a city. So is it a lot easier living? Yeah. Like you've run it with Trisha and I are running behind on schedule to go to the airport door to door. No joke. Uh, once I'm in the car, it will take us seven to nine minutes and the airport is six and a half or seven miles from the house. 
So it's uh, it'll, it'll be something we miss when when we end up moving f- away from here. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, man, I'm uh, probably the last time we spoke, I was living in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, for sure. I know I was tripping on that because I think I was there. I forget why, but I was there and I want to say, oh, it was the Silas contest. And I think we were at some bar, maybe Mickey's bar. And I saw you, John Tripp, Dan Wolf, like a bunch of dudes. And I was like, what the fuck? Portland is San Francisco 98. Like, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Through the 90s and early 2000s, skaters go to retire and just uh, get rusty because it rains half the year and water and metal don't mix. Yeah. Do, do you Did you like it up there or was the weather just too much? Well, I liked it up there. We have so – Trisha and I have a lot of really great friends, and I think as, you know, we get older um, – friendship is like one of the things that don't fall to the wayside. Like it becomes, if anything, more, more valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of like great friends that are also still like, despite working in other things, like they still have a similar relationship to skateboarding that we've always had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely miss that. And it's cool just to wrap out with like, not, not necessarily like-minded, but maybe like, like, aged or like similar generational um ilk of of people so like silas is definitely much younger when it comes to like his birth date but i think mentally he's in the same boat as <laughs> for sure Kel, myself and joey pepper and, and the squad's solid um uh-huh. there's people there that i don't skate with it's it's a skate town so um we we let i don't miss the weather but like there's indoor skate parks there. So that's always good. And you know, if the passions there, you're going to figure out how to skate no matter what, mm-hmm. which is something I learned here in Tulsa. Cause like it's really flipping hot during the summer and it's not like that bad during winter. I mean, he gets in the twenties, but it's cool. Has there been uh is there tornadoes there? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, We've lived here for a little over two years with uh, a little bit of a hiatus in, the, in that time. But um, we were here. I, I've been here for all the four tornadoes that have ripped through, like in the near area. And only one of them actually like hit our house. And like it was less of a tornado, but what do they call it? Like a straight line wind or a straight line front. And it was like 100 plus mile per hour winds and knocked down hundreds of and hundreds of or thousands of trees basically like it knocked the electricity out for a week for over 300,000 so and it was like a heat wave right after it was pretty amazing (laughs) trisha was actually in portland and i remember the next day when i finally got cell service i was like hey maybe extend your ticket for another week and don't come back to tulsa because um we don't have any utilities fucking dude that scares me it's crazy because growing up in uh, california like i've grown i've been here my whole life yeah. so it's people are like dude earthquake earthquake i'm like it, i don't trip off earthquakes but i yeah. trip off the shit i don't know which is tornadoes and hurricanes i'm like dude if that comes through like do you have to like go underground like what do you you know what i mean but it, everybody has their own like i don't know this so it fucking scares me for sure. And it's like, uh, whatever you're comfortable with. Cause all the Oklahomies out here, they're, they're, they're essentially just saying, yeah, I mean, 
just go outside and see what the vibe is on it. Uh-huh. And we're apparently it's kind of rare to have a, a basement in Tulsa because of um, the the soil content. It doesn't get, do well with like houses having basements, but people have the bunkers and stuff, but we have a basement and like the four storms that have come through when I've been here, I'm like, I've never gone down into the basement. I'm just like, but this last one I'm talking about, I remember looking out my, out of our back, like a uh, kitchen door. And I saw the carport lift off the ground and like, kind of like flip a little bit and then slam back down. The tree was bending I super wild. And I'm like, when the carport lifted up, it's all like steel and aluminum. I was like, okay, Fuck. I'm going to go outside. Cause it seems kind of crazy. Um, right. Tornadoes are quick. Like a hurricane lasts a long time, but yeah, the tornadoes, I don't know. They've, They've been chill. Okay. So we were talking earlier about like, I guess you've kind of had this personality where like you've never, I mean, you said you've kind of fanned out on Chris Hall, but in general, you've just treated these guys as your equals and stuff. And Mike and Rick being your kind of like look up, like these are the guys when you're getting hyped. And then later you're at the Lakai camp, right? And yeah. skating with them and for them. And, and that, that must be surreal in some ways. But for me, if I get to go into Cairo's body and be Cairo for his career, rooming with Mark Gonzalez and skating for real is my highlight for yeah. sure. Like that, like the, the blow up in the Lakai video might be the most talked about, but Mark Gonzalez is like, on trips with that guy yeah. like i've only got to do it once so i wonder like do you have like some things that stand out or like some epic moments because mark's such a like you can spend like one hour with that guy and have stories for your friends because he just is that impressionable on you yeah he um it was during filming for real to real and he was my roommate and he had brought all these books from the library which in hindsight is so funny because now trisha and i like use the library all the time like we're like huge supporters of the public library mm-hmm. i didn't have been around any skateboarder who was bringing i don't know 15 20 books from the library and they're all books about like sculptures around the world and, and uh artifacts and then he mark really didn't sleep that much on that trip, it felt like he just like, I feel like he is one of those minds that are just constantly racing with ideas. Right. So he just like, Hey, Cairo, like three or four in the morning, like, what do you think about this? I'm like, what? <laughs> it was just amazing. It, like so many like cool things. Like, um, I just watched that abnormal communication last week or the week before that, um, you know, Mark's kind of like a centerpiece around that whole video concept and and then there's like the spreads in the magazine but just hearing him talk about getting older which we all get older um and how he still finds so much joy in watching and you know like he wants to be able to do what he's seeing but as we get older like we have these limitations that come upon us because our bodies aren't as agile or as strong as they were when we're teenagers but he's still in the mix and he's still like the same fervor in his voice is there. It hasn't diminished. And like going on trips with him through Adidas and like, and like looking back on the times on real, like 
it's been a constant, like, and that, that kind of goes ties into like that thing about fun. And I think that's why people through all the generations of skateboarding, whether it's like the old guard telling the young guard that you need to like respect and look up to this person. And then once you like look at what Mark's doing, you do see that it's fun and it's genuine. It's not like a contrived act. Um, that's like, and it's like from a place of innocence and, and, um, and appreciation. So that's like, uh, from that time on the real to real trip and then linking it all. And then like looking at the footage when real to real came out, like when he's like joking around, like squatting, when he tries to do, do the hippie jump, um, uh, Ollie up hippie jump that he did land, but not on film. Yeah. Um, talked about many times, but like, um, it's like a constant. And so I think it's just like looking back on like really feel fortunate that I was able to have like front row seats, like being his roommate and then seeing that and then being around um, everyone who appreciates Mark and that we have someone like that. Cause like I do say on the other, on the other end of things, like if there weren't Mark Gonzalez, there would be someone else that would have come up named something different, like that could have fixed filled that space or like a guy Mariano or a Christian soy, but those are our, our people, our muses that like have those names and that we look up to. So like, I'm so grateful to like have had that time with Mark and like, it's so rad to see Mark skating and right. still shit that like is like something you have to like learn. It's like, it's like a, like doing nose bump slides on that board that he dropped rides. I'm like, well, I can't even imagine doing that in my fifties much less doing that on that board. Yeah. <laughs> so right. like, it's, it's super amazing. And then it's inspirational because him and like people like uh, Tony Hawk or Tony Alva, like it's so rad that like, they're the people that are like, Hey, this is what is possible. Like if your drive and your desire and your appreciation for what you get out of it remains, you can just keep rolling around. And that's like, like for story time with like Mark, I remember he kind of like was, kind of be being witty to like this cop that was kicking us out, like in real to real, he like skates the three handrails in a row and this yeah, cop yeah. bust us. And, and he was just, he wasn't being like a dick, like how, like we typically are as skateboarders to, to the authority. He was more just like, how far can I get away with this? Like, just like trying to be funny and not, it didn't come across like he was trying to be funny for our enjoyment. Mm. Dude wasn't having it no matter what. It was just <laughs> amazing to watch that whole interaction. I was like, ooh, yeah, this cop is not having it at all. Um, but yeah, that trip was really amazing. I'm bummed that I like got hurt and ended up having to leave early on it. But that was I was able to see him when he does. I know the amazing thing is like he comes around the corner and ollies it, the the brick wall that's like head high. Yeah more amazing thing is how he jumps back across everyone's like he leave he leaves one leg you should land on the other leg but he switches in midair to land back <laughs> i'm like it's so wild and that's 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 like there's this like tie in like you talked about rick howard and how fun he is and like you have spite and i think that's why we've seen those guys all gravitate towards each other in footage and, and projects because they all share this similar desire for fun and right yeah that's a good point yeah you know like life doesn't need to be serious at all and we're all gonna that commercial where i think 
I'm pretty sure uh, Spike made it, but he's on a skateboard, and I think with a TV, and he's going down. Oh no, he's on a he's on a um, chair with wheels, and he's going yeah. down a hill in the city, and just like those crazy little skits that they would make back at that era were just so sick. And I remember holding on. I was telling somebody this recently. I was like, when I was a kid. I would get mad if there wasn't one picture of Mark in the mag, like the new mag would come out. We'd race and be like, Oh, Mark's not in it. And then if Mark was in it, it'd be like, yeah. And then if there was another one, it would be like, dude, too fu-. like he was yeah. our guy always like, you know? And so it's just been cool to like, for me, I am a fan. Like I, I yeah. do get a little nervous when he's around and I do get a little different and be like, I know who this person is. And I'm like, whoa like i'm not worthy kind of vibe you know like the mccarthy moment like remember when you yeah, that was so cool <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. But, but yeah it's just i mean i feel like mark should have some person that he's comfortable with do like a full documentary on every you know what i mean like it, it shouldn't be like a retrospect after he's gone someone should be working with him now to make this thing because i don't know how you feel but like spiegel? what's that talk to spiegel to, to spike i mean he'd be the one right but i think that like it might get harder and harder as skateboarding is just getting so fucking bonkers to explain how significant and different and great this person was at a time where skateboarding was so less popular and like the impact that he had same with Hensley, right? Like, holy shit, what the hell is he doing? Like, there was things like that that just, and I don't want to be the, because I say this almost every episode, I never wanted to be the guy that said back in my day. So, like, I appreciate everything that's going on and, and all that. I'm not the bitter old oh, guy. Yeah. But I do just think that, like, I'm a historian, I guess, and I think that the old stuff matters so much that, like, some of the new kids get it and some of the new kids don't care. And I think that... I don't know. Everyone should kind of care about what started what they're enjoying, you know, right. like, like there wasn't always a six lane freeway. There was dudes that paved through these crazy trees and made the highway that you're gliding down, but there was a hard road to make that happen. And so you're benefiting from a lot of things that other people, you know, the wheels, the boards, everything. And I don't know to me that that's where an old school mentality will always stay of like the roots are important. Yeah. I think the roots are super important and it's like, uh, you know, you, I don't watch basketball at all, but like, it's like the Jordan versus LeBron conversation. And it's, I think to do something on that level in regards to Mark and like the people that, open up the doors to what is possible. It's less about like making like a, a, a data or stats driven conversation and more like embodiment of like the energy. Cause there are things that like fun, like Mark's approach. And that's why I'm like, I don't think he was like, uh, mouth and back to the cop to like make us laugh. I think he just was like, I don't know, like, let's see. And like uh-huh. that, like, that comes across to anybody. It's not just like it comes across to like the Nigel lovers. It comes across to someone who like 
watches ballet like and knows nothing about skateboarding and like that's how what you capture and i think like some of the skits that like spike's done in the past for like um girl and chocolate and that whole camp it's more about like uh less about the tricks and more about like the 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 happiness and excitement that you get out of it like like when mark in in video days is falling and acting silly but he's also doing groundbreaking tricks like it you know like the whole the whole viewership is going to be able to understand the fun part Mm-hmm. And then a really small part's going to understand like how technical that trick was and how that trick opened up the door for Nigel or Chris Cole to do this trick. Right. Exactly. Like if you're only speaking to like, you know how like Mark does like the 180 to switch feeble grind. And like Chris Cole does that like 20 years later on a bump to bar for a DC ad. But Mark did that in video days in a parking garage. So you could talk about that and like, be like, Hey, Mark is like, he yeah. set the stage for that. But it'd be like such a niche that's paying attention to that. But it'd yeah. be like, Oh, the reason I got into skating and we like wanted to be in the streets is because we saw this dude doing fun shit. And then like Ed Templeton was out there and like, he spoke to us because he did that. And it's like less about the, the tricks per se. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm that just me, but like, uh, that's, what's beautiful about Mark and like throughout all the decades, it's still fun for him. And like, when you watch it, and it's, it's not hard for like a young head to comprehend why all these old heads are like, yo, Mark Gonzalez. And like, you go kick it with them and you're just like, this dude's wild. He's fun. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. like the beautiful thing. He's, it's always been fun for him. Mm-hmm. Well, what, is it easy or hard for you to point out to the pinnacle moment for you? Like getting your first shoe, getting a first cover, getting your first board, going on a trip with a rad dude. Like, is there a moment that you look at as like, this was kind of like up there for me? Probably the reason. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, like there's so many moments that, that I can reflect on that were like key moments, but like overarching driver was like the reason and then getting on Lakai was fucking massive. And then honestly having like Mad Circle go under and taking time to get on a board company and riding for real when real didn't have a lot of team riders. Mm-hmm. Like when I got on real, it really, it did feel like we were not, I didn't, I don't think it was like rebuilding the team, but it felt like we had a small team. And you could get so many ads each year. Um, and I, so I think like getting on Rio was great because it kind of like brought everything together, like being in a Bay area company. And that's, what's beautiful. Like was rad about mad circle. And then what was rad about enjoy, but like real and deluxe is the epicenter of Bay area skateboarding. So that was like super pivotal. Then getting like, basically access to Gabe Morford. Right. Which was also access to Dan Wolf, which like came all together in uh the reason. And then yeah, getting the call from from Mike Carroll to ride for a shoe brand that he didn't even tell me the name of it until like months after. And I was like, yeah, I'll quit the shoe brand I'm on now to ride for whatever the name, whatever this company is. Oh, you were there since day one. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. That's cool. Like Mike's just like, Hey, me and Rick are starting this company. So like going back to like, who do I look up to? I'm like, I basically got like the tap on the shoulder from the two people that like, when I was in Florida, jumping down stuff, like definitely have a different approach to skating than those guys do. But like when I was there skating, I wanted to have khaki pants like Rick Howard. And so I'm like, Oh, Whoa. Like you guys want me to ride for something you're doing with shoes for sure. Mm. I mean, it was crazy. Like during, when I got laid off from NHS, like there was like a possible opportunity to do something at Lakai. And I was like, it'd be so wild. It's just like, it's like, not even like a circle. It's almost like this figure eight. Cause it's like a couple circles, like coming back together, you know? Um, but yeah, I would say to answer your question, probably the reason, but like the reason was like a combination of a few things, but their reason embodied that. And it's the thing that everyone goes back to when they're like, if anyone's like, oh, I remember this dude from the reason. Okay. The reason was, the reason I started liking Built to Spill. I think that part was maybe my introduction to Built to Spill. And I can't thank you or uh, who did that, Holland or whoever put that together. Yeah, Ty, John. and I I mean, obviously, like since then, like I've had lots of live shows with them and and lots of car drives with them and like, Doug Marsh just, oh, wow. Like that's a huge one for me. And, uh, I think that song in particular and the way it starts is just like, it's, it's the epitome of a trans world video part. Like it's just thought of thought. It almost seems like how Jamie Thomas would have done. Like what I always heard, he took the song and then thought about what tricks he wanted to fill the song with which was really crazy to me. But now yeah. that I think of it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like this part is going to be for that slow-mo part and, and whatever. It's like writing a movie. Like think about when people write these movies, they write right. the movie and then they film it after. Right. So, I mean, that, you know, and so I always loved that part, but um, I don't know, for me, the real part with Modest Mouse was equally like, I would put them on the same level just as far as like a great skate part with a great song, which is really hard to do in 2023. If kids don't know this, we have to get the rights to every song, especially now. And so we don't, we can't put Led Zeppelin down. We can't throw ACDC down. Like those, these bands that everybody wants to hear, they're probably not going to be unless it's like some crazy budget with some movie thing or whatever. So the fact that those exist though, like Mike's Carol skating to Beastie Boys, like that shit is, you know, for underground videos, you can make it right. But like for anything that someone's going to try to put a part together for nowadays, it's going to be something maybe a little more indie. And so sure. to find those indie bands at the time that kind of help them explode, like skating yeah. helped them and they helped skating. That's so magical to me. I mean, Dinosaur Jr. for me, same thing, like uh, the the Alien Workshop video, right? Where it's like, dun, 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 So you, I mean, that's how I've, now you have Spotify. It's too easy. But back then, skate videos were kind of our Bible for finding cool songs because 
I always tell this story when I watch Apple Yard flip video part every day for like a year. Of course, I was a placebo fan all of a sudden. Yeah. Like it, I, I had no choice, you know? Totally. So that's the kind of stuff that was going on. And I think like watching your part. And then I think around that time is when Diego moved here and moved in with me for a few months yeah. and, and me and him got really close. And you and Diego kind of fed off each other in a yeah. way for skating SF spot because it was similar, like not obviously you had different things, but you both kind of wanted to chart like you seen this. Oh, yeah. And I think, Lord. and I think the real guys like Mickey Reyes, who grew up in the city, Gabe, yeah. who grew up outside of the city and is a photographer, these guys probably took you to a lot of spots maybe that you didn't know about or that you knew about but didn't know where they were. Yeah. And so having that, like, you know, dude, what the fuck is that spot? Well, Brian Anderson actually fucking had the cover on it, you know, like, yeah. you know, but we're going to, you probably had to go there and cut it and open oh, it yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, all that stuff is so you rad. You need all this access when you have, like, a network or, like, a skate team to help out you know mm. it's sure especially nowadays it's easier to find all the stuff and you can film yourself it's like not as faux pas to just self-film yourself but um yeah it was like a, such a special time and that was like the beauty of like being on real the the like the epitome of like bay area skateboarding and yeah to, like, i mean you're respected by the guys that are running the area you live in yeah so it's like this is deluxe distribution they're pretty close if not family with thrasher the magazine in the city yeah. and so everything is like you're included as because you're family you know For sure and so and as a dude that grew up here my whole life that's what i've always gravitated was like you know like it's not a coincidence that david gonzalez won skater of the year after he ground the biggest rail in san francisco i always tell people that it's like jake and mickey looked at that rail for 30 years and this dude came and ground it like that was huge you know and so the stuff that happens in san francisco to me is always a little extra special because this is our city and this is the place we love and we've put in so much time here and seen this and that and everything and not for nothing the mags here and that's where we go to work every yeah. day so i just appreciate like i i think i mean not like blowing smoke up you but you came to san francisco and took down a lot of spots and like i don't know if it's coincidence but skateboarding kind of went for a lull in san francisco for a while because there i think there was a lot of talk that Cairo already killed this spot oh, you know a lot of times you know like the I mean, petrero the park like that ledge out uh in petrero i think someone maybe had no slid it and then you you either 50 it or nose ground but like there was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of things that you were either the first or second guy to do something on and it was like kind of rad and i think you and kenny were maybe the first two guys probably not the first two guys but skating the oakland courthouse that was early on and like yeah yeah and and the street gaps in the city and stuff like I mean, that Luke Ogden like unlocked so many things for me as well like was that luke yeah that was luke that shot that and like um skating that school out out by the beach the red handrail red rail that duffel yeah yeah and like i skated the rail that was like down you the back side 50 that right 
Uh, I just like board slid it way back then. And okay. then, but yeah, like I think like things tall for me, the city, it just had so many variations in the geography that make for a great city to skateboard in. Mm. A lot of cities are really flat. Like here in Tulsa, it's flat. Like when I went out to Denver, when I started my job out there, I'm like, it's just really flat in San Francisco. There's a, a city in Arkansas named Fort Smith and it's kind of hilly. And that kind of shit just speaks to me because it adds this other dynamic to it. Like if you walk around San Francisco and look at a lot of spots that like Drahobel and Phil had skated, like on paper, you're just like, I don't get it. They're just ollieing from like a driveway to another driveway. And then you go there and you're like, yo, or like <laughs> in some of the GX stuff, you're just like, right whatever it's cool and then you go to the city it's not you can't replicate those spots anywhere else like you can replicate a lot of the stuff that's in la you can mm-hmm. replicate phoenix or denver or any other flat city because like the same uh real estate company is going in and they're building that same like electric box and it's going to look the same and whatever but like san francisco or, or any city that has that kind of like depth to the land it just it, it's exciting. And I think like, whether it was like Kenny and I or myself and Dan, like cruising around the city and bombing hill. And that's the other thing, you can bomb hills and you're like, oh shit, I want to skate that, that house. Like mm-hmm. uh, Pedro Delfino skating that house, like on the cover um, or maybe it was contents page, one of the two, but like, yeah, no cover. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a really unique city that, I'm like do trying to circle everything back kind of like so like when I was talking about when we we're talking about Mark and for me I'm like it's like that you can actually see he's having a good time mm-hmm. um, and and then like with the city it's and skateboarding it's less about stair counting or rail counting it's actually being like how did that skateboarder adapt to this environment you're like forced to adapt to it and that was like what really like appealed to me you're just like how do I figure out how to like make this something to skate? Yeah. I've like definitely like moved far away from that now, like because there's so many skate parks and I'm just like, Oh, I just want like an outlet, a hubba, uh, a good ledge. Mm. Um, and they're so easy to find at skate parks. But like that is that offering in San Francisco is also what's beautiful. When I watch videos of like new squads that are just like making the shittiest stuff skatable whether it's like a curb or like something not to say curbs aren't legit, but like for me in my mind, I'm like a legit spot where I'm like, Oh, it's like kind of crusty and it's out, out off of these, like this banister or something. Um, yeah, I, I was just excited to live in San Francisco. So anything that looked remotely skatable, I'm like, can you skate that? Can you like get up to that? Can you get out to that? Like, even when I lived in LA, when I was doing pop war, like, I'd still try to do that approach there, like stuff that I'm like, wait, so everyone skates this way. Why why don't you try to jump out to that? Right. Yeah, that's what skaters have that normal people don't have is when you're driving down the highway, you're looking at things from an eye that, wait, why are you staring at that curb cut? What the hell? Because look at what's right after it. There's this fence and then there's a bank on the... And they're like, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah. The turbulence of like, wow. Blood wizard. Blood wizard. Blood wizard. 
Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Dude, what was one of the gnarliest things that you had on video that you either spent a lot of time, like that gap out at Alameda, did that take you a long time? Like what was something that like maybe you had to go back for or that like was just like the bane of your existence that you finally made it type of vibe, like the MJ Ender, you know, like. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have like one thing I can remember, like anything that comes to mind is like definitely a gap out to something like, uh, I was really happy when I landed the gap out to lip slide in Los Angeles that Aaron Mesa filmed at the end of fully flared, mm. like a shot, like, I think he feeble grinded it super easy. <laughs> of um, course. And then, uh, like, I think the, probably the one, I mean, the gap out to lip slide and gap out to 50, 50 in Alameda was a battle of pain and, stuff and then i think like this nolly flip in santa monica when i lived there like over that rail that like i think uh greco switch fronts i flipped it or switch flipped it oh greco. yeah um it, it's actually next to the schoolyard that mark gonzalez board slides up the uh bench and then down the bench at video days oh sick that was a battle but I, there's not like anyone oh i guess like Mason street is probably like the place where I went back all the time. Like any of the street gaps. Cause that kind of goes back to San Francisco, having this unique topography where, you know, if you skate a street gap in Los Angeles or New York and most spots, it's like a street gap anywhere. It's going to be flat. And then San Francisco, you're like, most of the street gaps are not flat. They're downhill takeoff. And then you're going into a hill. Um, so either Mason Street or when I kickflip that Aladdin Street that uh, Kenny Reed ollied way back in the day, like I'd say probably the street gaps in San Francisco are the ones that like going back to all the time because like you only had maybe like 20 or 30 tries before all the skin on the top of your toes are like ripped <laughs> off because you're like trying to run down the hill. So like the nollie flip. Uh, yeah, now I'm like thinking about like all the street gaps were probably a battle like the easiest thing was probably tray flipping that get street gap but like mm. everything else that any of the street gaps even the small one in north beach like those were what, all battles what about the switch front side flip at the blocks gap you tried yeah like did you ollie up at switch or did you 180 up it yeah the hardest part's the switch ollie up because i just yeah man so it's Fuck, if I like 180 up, that'd be even gnarly. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I don't remember if that took a bunch of times. I definitely remember leaving a lot of skin there. Uh-huh. Either on the tray flip or the switch frontside flip. Switch frontside flip, I left a lot of skin on just getting up the ledge. Yeah. And then the tray flip was probably a lot of skin from just, like, hanging up on the tray flip. So the top of Mason keeps coming up, um, and... Not for nothing, but it's a great book by my good friend Walker Ryan. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm talking to Gerwer yesterday about you, and he's like, oh, talk to him about the time I that he filmed me at uh, yeah. the top of Mason. And he's like, I was just telling Miles, I didn't bomb that hill because I didn't have anybody spotting me. Like, that's gnarly that Miles bombed yeah. out after the front crooks. But what was the deal? It was just him and Gabe and you, and they didn't have a filmer, or were you trying to film a little bit back uh, then? I don't know if I was or wasn't trying to film. I was just there, and I just filmed it from above. Uh, um, but definitely, like, it would have been cool to have, like, three angles on that. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, we just were cruising around, and that – I don't think anyone had grinded it at that time. Like, it had only been board slid by Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frank was just sparked. Dude. Yeah. And like, you know, like there was like a time where I spent a lot of, uh, sessions and like evenings with Frank. Like I remember helping Frank build his, his loft bed at, uh, their house. And Gabe used to live there too. At Noel? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I spent a lot of time over there. Okay. Uh, and Milligan was there. And then later you're working with Milligan at Adidas. Yeah. Like there's all these circles that, right. I mean, we just like stay in these are, I mean, it's like a comfort zone. Like if we're going to a, a bar or a restaurant in a new far off land, you're going to hit up someone that like has a suggestion and you're going to get the suggestion probably from someone that you feel comfortable with that probably has some affinity to skateboarding. And then somehow you go into this bar and you're like, what the fuck? What are you saying? <laughs> well, I had heard from so-and-so. No way. That's who I hit up. Uh-huh. So, like our community is like our safety blanket. So yeah, I mean, it's just like, we all end up in the same spots. Like it's cool that Matt's over there at Adidas. Um, yeah. And yeah, I used to live in Newell and then like used to live in Florida. So like Matt is out there, like we all made it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Boarding and just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a wild ride and the ride continues to like you die, you know? And I'm like, it's, been good just try to like skate as much as possible and then always remember to be um grateful to have found something that i like that's lasted this long you know okay because it's it's like a daunting task and someone's like well just do what you find something that you love and i'm like if there if it wasn't for skateboarding like aside from like family my find or do something I love. Like that's really hard. Or like when people are like, well, you, Greg, all you need to do is like put your sights on like, what do you want? What do you want your life to be about? And you're like, that's fucking such a hard answer, hard question to answer. So I'm like, just feel really grateful that skateboarding fell on my lap. Like, because my dad said I couldn't bring a BMX bike to Egypt when we moved there. Huh? So I'm like, cool. So you brought a skateboard. I brought a skateboard. It was a, and because of that, and because my dad was busy and never around, I've made friends in skateboarding and spent a lot of time skating. I didn't have to like be at home all the time. So I got better at skating. And then when I moved to the States, my parents were getting divorced. So I wasn't around. So I got to skate. It just worked out, you know, like, thank goodness that my dad was a dick about the, the bike. bike. Yeah. Shit works out. Um, yeah. It's so good. Well, winding down, what do you think is one of, I know there's 
too many, but what's one of the most, like what comes to mind without thinking too hard as I was there and saw this happen on a skateboard? Like, holy shit. Man, there's so many, like a lot of the fully flared trip stuff. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot to name, but you know what? It's not even a make, but this was really fascinating to, to watch in person. Um, especially cause I also looked up to Eric Costin, like when he was on, uh, he was on evil or was he on H street and was he on evil for a second? But anyway, like, and like in this one-on-one video and stuff, like we were at this double set in, I don't know, somewhere in Australia, he tries to switch heel flip it and he tries it maybe like six or seven times in, in my approach to skating is just like, just fucking let it all hang out till you're just like bloodied and can't walk or you roll away Mm. and watching Eric roll up a handful of times, try it six times. And to me, I'm like, yo, this dude's got it. And then he's like, you know what? Let's come back. It doesn't (laughs) feel right. And I'm like, what? And just to see, to witness, like it wasn't madness. It wasn't like, you know, when people do the thing back and forth and then they say that because they're like scared or they don't think they have it. He was just like so in tuned. It was like kind of like this athletic mindset that he's like had so much awareness with the spot, his body, the timing and everything that he was just like, it's not right right now. And I'm like, that was fucking fascinating to have front row seats to that. Yeah. That's like, wow. This dude's a self-awareness. Athlete. Yeah. Um, Pros pro. Pretty cool. Okay. Well, let's, cause we didn't talk about this at all. So yeah, kind of rounding everything up with the cover and everything thrasher wise, Jake Phelps. What, what do you think looking back at? Like, I know you guys had a really cool dynamic relationship. Yeah. I, the interview, uh, he interviewed you for that thrasher interview, right? Yeah. And he's, I mean, I remember reading like there was the way he, he just be like, try again, fucker. Like his remarks are just so sick. But, uh, like what things do you remember about him and hold on to? I think, I mean, it's, it's kind of like this recurring thing, like talking about Mark, it's like that Jake has this through line of passion and love for skateboarding. Mm. I do think a lot of people misunderstood his hard like outer shell and they took it like he was being a gatekeeper, but I really think it was more him trying to perpetuate the rawness of skating. Like he, he embodied his actions embodied what I think like the magazines continue to do, like pushing the envelope of skating and like remaining uh, in line with that concept of anti-establishment and just fucking getting after it and not like fuck it all kill them all type of approach but just like yo how far can you take this and it's different for every single person and i think that if you were willing to give jake the time and weren't like scared by his like barking in the beginning that you could actually see like he just had this love that probably the any the most of us that are like in our 40s and on that still skate still talk about skating like he had that and he was also this is the other rad thing it was like kind of like this give back because 
in a way he was like a mascot, but he was also like this person that was willing to talk to the young up and comer all the way to the OG, which in my mind is, is that thing? Like as, as you get older, you're like, well, what am I giving back to the community? And what Jake was giving back to the community is like, Hey guys, fuck it. Let's, let, let's push you and like, see how far you go. Let's how far can you take it? And he's like razzing you, but he's not like, he's not doing it to take you down. He's trying to do it to build you up. And I think like my memories are just like fondness for like the conversations we had. Uh, he was always down to talk sometimes like sadness when he would talk, if he, I'm like, Oh wow. I think Jake's like really drunk right now. <laughs> and like concerned, just like, Oh, I hope he's doing all right. And, and I think like there is this, there's this void because he was so unique. Like I did say earlier how like if there wasn't a Christian Hasoy, there would have been someone else that came, but like, we know that Christian is here. And so Christian fits this. Mm. And if a Jake Phelps, there would have been another Jake Phelps, but we did have Jake Phelps. So like there is this void with him not being in like this space of skateboarding and, you know, there, there are different personalities that have come up while Jake was alive and continue to grow or new personalities that come around and only time will tell, but I just don't feel that, uh, the personalities that are around have like that same driving, uh, fire that Jake had. Right. Um, So it's, it's, it's that like, whenever I would see him, I'm just like, even like, if it was like catching him on a day where he's like fucking with you, I'm just like, he just fucking loves it. And, and he's at the end of the day, I'm like, it was all bark and no bite and like all bark and more like love and hugs. You just had to get past like, like, Oh fuck. The no- this music's super loud. <laughs> you're like, Oh, the band members are amazing. And that's like Jake. I'm like, fuck, it's really loud. And then you get to know him a little bit and you're like, Oh, he really fucking cares about skateboarding. Right. Yeah. And those are, those are the people that are just really valuable to, to skateboarding as a whole of like, whether you're like on his end or all the way on the other end of like skate camps or something, it's like, if the love is there and you're trying to like build up our community, you're a, a valuable part of it, you know? And Jake fucking lived skateboarding through and through. Yeah. hundred percent. I remember first time I met Dan Sturt, I didn't even know it was him. And we're at like, I think it was GVR and uh, me and Jake are eating with this guy who was Dan Sturt, but I didn't even know who it was. And Jake does his normal thing, like takes a couple bites and throws it in the air and is like, ah, and walks away. Yeah. And Dan Sturt looks at me. He doesn't know who I am, but he knows I was with Jake. And he's like, do you know about this guy? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, this guy is a hundred percent skateboarder. He's like, a lot of people say they are, but they're not. He actually is. And then later I found out that was Dan Sturt. And to me, if anyone knows, Dan Sturt is a pretty gnarly guy. And to yeah. get that comment from him just seemed like such a stamp. Like, you know, that's what I feel like Jake gave to me personally was the stamp. Like Jake said, this was legit. I don't care what anyone else says when he laughed or any approval from him, it was top notch. It was like, 
It was the fucking top shelf shit. You weren't drinking the piss, you know, you were fucking high. And that's what he was for skateboarding. He was a dude that just knew so much about it and was so opinionated and didn't waver. It was like this or no, not like, okay, I can kind of see that. No, no, no. It's this fucker. Like that was what it was. And that was what brought me to the mag. That's what brought me to like, just everything was like his way of dealing with stuff. And sometimes it was fucking embarrassing, like for sure. Flying with the guy and just being in the public, a lot of times was like, oh no, he just threw the soup back at the chef, like whatever, like you're like, ooh. But it was never different. It was always the same approach with everything. And I always appreciated that. Like he was talking to the guy at uh, Swan's Clam Chowder place, same way as he's talking to Sotva about filming or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, that's who he was. And so same thing what you said with Gons. A lot of times I tell people that too, is like, that guy's weird, but he's pretending he's weird. Mark is just Mark. Like he, there's no fakeness. It's just yeah. who he is. And those are the people that are super special is just like, you know, they are who they are and everyone knows that it's not, I'm trying to be this guy or trying to be that guy. He's the individual. And I yeah, think and especially, like God. right. Yeah, exactly. And in today's world where we're going into AI kids, it's like, no, we need creativity and individualism. Like, yeah, we got to, especially as skateboarders and artists and filmers and photographers, like that's everything. You don't want to be Gabe Morford. You want to take some of what he does and make it your own thing, but you don't want to just be the, like all these dudes that film exactly like Strobeck. I'm just like, guys, come on. Like Strobeck did it. Like, you know, it's like when French Fred was rolling long ledge, it's like all of a sudden these things get popular and you're like, "Uh, it's kind of forced bros. (laughs) You know? So I just love the real ones and you can tell who they are. Like a lot of, you know, so um, well, I've taken enough of your time. What are you rolling on these days? What's your board and wheels and stuff? Um, Same as always, like eight and a quarter or something, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's my last impact light dwindle board. It's an almost board, almost. Uh, and it's so it's got a little technology in it. I don't even think that they make that stuff anymore because obviously dwindles had its demise. But I had just the stockpile. Um, I am, so it's eight and a quarter by 32 inches. I got some 52 classic formula fours, but I think I want to try out just like the classic classic, not like the, they don't flat spot. I'm just like, I just want the OG shit. Mm, I love the classic right now. Indies. Yeah. It's, I haven't ridden crux for maybe like a year now. Huh? Like, um, you know, Ron was running that program for a long time and then Alex White's doing it. Yeah. And, um, they're, they're, I think she's working on like some new, like bushings or something. Like I just was like having some challenges with it. So in the meantime, huh. I'll find that, which is so funny. Cause like back in the day, like I could like interchange between ventures and, and indies. So I have like one setup that's indies and one setup that's ventures. Um, but the eight two five trucks, that's kind of a new thing. I used to always ride an eight inch wide truck. So it'd be like magic carpet ride. Um, I think I got some Swiss bearings right now, some 
some diamond hardware. I think I'm still on diamond somehow. Ooh, that's nice. Nikki D. Like half diamond hardware and half like uh, genuine parts hardware. <laughs> uh, some mob grip. Okay. And, uh, some Someone was like, are you going to like stop writing mob grip because you got laid off? And I was like, no, I mean, it's still good, great grip. Like whatever. Um, mm. And then this is a plug for Mark Suchu. But like Mark Suchu's pro shoe hasn't been around for like four or five years. But when right. I was at Adidas, and this is the Suchu 2 I'm talking about. Okay. When I was at Adidas, I stockpiled so many of them. And before I ever ride a new pair, I shoe all the seams on my uh, front foot. So they last longer. Um, I've been riding the Suchu's. Like I'll ride TJ's shoe every once in a while. But my go-to is still these like Mark these Suchu twos. I have one more pair of brand new ones. So it's my, probably this is my last opportunity for a plug. For All right. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the setup, man. No rails. Okay. Um, you still in touch with Louie? Like what's up with the, the enjoy the jacuzzi? Yeah. Barletta. Is- uh, I talk to him every once in a while. It's really cool to, uh, talk to him as a dad now. And then, um, oh, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see him go through that journey. And, um, especially cause like on my end, I'm like, Oh, my daughter's in college now. Oh, uh, wow. but yeah, God, I talked to him from time to time and, and it seems like things are going well. Like he's doing jacuzzi and mm-hmm. bots in the mix with that too, too. And, um, yeah, I think at some point I'll probably get like a, a jacuzzi board to try out, but I just ride whatever that's, whatever's an eight two five that's got like some concave on it. Uh, if we could bring back silver star eight and that silver star and some, uh, nicotine wheels, <laughs> date myself right now like there you go from bob shirt he'll appreciate those and sean mullendor plug did you change your name to cairo like officially or are you still roger like on your license yeah legally it's not cairo it's just like everyone and their every everyone calls me that except for uncle sam and and my mom and it's just like from living in egypt i moved to the states and everyone was just like where did you come from i'm like cairo and it just worked well and or it did not it didn't work well it like stuck and then like obviously in hindsight i'm like i think that's a great name to have on my board so yeah my mom would be so bummed what about michael sieben though could we could we get a guest board on roger skateboards yeah i mean don't you just need to get a roger board that's what i'm saying i mean they already did a cairo board oh did they yeah Ah, okay. I was thinking, okay. I figured, I was thinking he probably did do that already. I'm pretty sure they did one because, yeah. Okay. Sick. Well, dude, Tulsa, I don't think I've been there. I mean, you're missing out. It's got a great music scene. It's a lot different than it was five or 10 years ago. Right. Um, There's an amazing recording studio here called The Church. It's got a ton of history. Um, some good eating there's some decent eating it's like some good barbecue you're four hours from kansas city four hours from dallas a couple hours from okc i mean it's smack dab in the middle of the united states well we just did the route like like i see my mom in florida and i was like oh it's still like 20 plus hours to get to her oh yeah like we just drove through the panhandle of oklahoma which has like a really 
really like gnarly past because of like uh slavery and everything and like why that like panhandle exists because texas didn't want to take it at that time because of these laws oh crazy whoa it's a wild land like it's uh what they call this area the belt buckle of the bible belt the buckle of the bible belt that's what it is okay cool it's a cool town Um, i gotta gotta check it out I was yeah. I, like I did uh Keith Cochran hooked me up with Danny Boy so I did an interview with him which was really fun and he made that city like I was like I gotta go like he was just like no he dude, loves like, it yeah, we, we could take it offline and I can tell you all the dope shit that happens here <laughs> it's a cool scene man um okay and it's slow pace okay well it's good catching up with you man it's Amazing. good to see. thank you for the opportunity and I appreciate you letting me blabber on and just talk about the good old days too for sure anytime like uh always a pleasure i think i last time i saw you was at china bank somehow <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. um jerry it was, gurney it was maybe skater of the year week or something yeah and yeah yeah jerry gurney did the layback just charging yeah dude charging and fucking um i'm drawing a blank why am i drawing a blank i'm like the turf oh my god not navarette oh sam hips yeah hits hits was there yeah i'm like i'm sure like damn it someone plugged navarette because i feel like i'm like thinking like og like right days um but yeah it was so sick to see you there it was sick to see sam because i hadn't seen him in so fucking long Mm. uh but yeah next time i'll see you on uh sixth and market yeah dude like in two weeks pictures of that wildness no i'm gonna send them right now who's there who's your can who are we looking at for skater of the year this year oh dude is it miles is that is that gonna i think i i gotta feel i feel like miles this might be his year if 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 it's miles this year i am gonna be so hyped because i've been a fan of miles for so long and like when i was at mob it was a fucking delight to be able to do a project with him like miles i got he's a great dude and he lives in the city now yeah wait who else who do you who would say is the top contingency okay so i'm not the dude that says this guy's part is supposed to be amazing it's coming i'm i'm talking right now october 7th what i've seen i'm not like this part's coming dude you just wait it's current cables TJ Rogers, Miles Silva, and Pedro Delfino. Nora is probably in there. That'd be awesome. And I don't know how that's all going to unfold. Like, I don't think the girls want a female skater of the year, mm-hmm. but I don't know that they're on the level where they could be the skater of the year necessarily because they're skating maybe just. I mean, literally, it's like you look at what Nyjah is doing and you look at what Letitia Buffoni is doing and they're not the same thing. Right. And as we're progressing and evolving, we do need to give them notoriety. So in my mind, it's like until that point, why not have two things, you know, but I'm going to let the women speak for the women and stay out of that one. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to find out who gets skate of the year if, if, um, Maybe if there's some way for me to get back to the Bay Area for the party, it'd be amazing to see you in person. Yeah, we'll just do some slap. The double-sided curb, it goes like 40 feet and then has an escalator. So you could like board slide 60 feet if you're that good. Like, You know, I'll just go skate the library instead. 
That's what I was telling the guy. I was like, all you're doing is bringing people to an area that there's a spot like a block away that they want to skate. Yeah, yeah. But no, this is going to be sick. I, I think it's going to be really cool for the city and uh, skateboarding in general. I mean, they got Gary Rogers has a shop down the street. Across the street is Supreme. And then around the corner is the Thrasher store. And now yep. this is building up. It's like kind of feels like skateboarding like hub a little bit. It's cool. That's amazing. Well, take care of yourself. And thanks again, dude. I really appreciate the time and everything. Right, Stay in touch. So yeah, yeah. For sure. Take care, babe. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmidty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.